Welcome, Bird Gang. On today's show, got to be honest, not much to like from Sunday. Typically, we're here the day after a game with so many positives, whether team or individual, that some things get forgot. Not the case today. Can't sugarcoat this one. It was ugly. It was embarrassing. It was unacceptable, especially at home. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 496, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. It happens. I don't know why it happens, but it happens to every team in the league at least once, and oftentimes more than once. And that's a loss that leaves everyone scratching their head. MJ, you keep talking about it week in and week out. It finally landed on the Cardinals on Sunday, 34-10. to They lose at home to the Carolina Panthers, and really, it wasn't even that close. Yeah, that's a disappointing thing. You know, we everyone's dealing with injuries. Uh, obviously, Kyler was playing like an MVP and having your number one wide receiver out there. But, uh, again, they, they uh, lost their starting quarterback even though he wasn't playing well. You know, I thought this team was wired a little bit different. I didn't think we would have that. And one thing's to go out there and lose, but they it wasn't even close. I mean, what was it, 23 nothing? Uh, at halftime, I mean, you're playing catch-up and then you play into the role. But I think people get fixated on records. So you look at their record and you're like, oh, the Cardinals should win this game. Well, let's go back. They were 3-0, had the best defense in football, and then the quarterback obviously wasn't playing well. McCaffrey goes down, misses a couple games. And, you know, when I was driving home last night, I thought, man, when the Cardinals made the trade for Zach Ertz, it created some energy in the building, in a locker room. By them signing Cam Newton, and the way he was a leader, guy been there for less than 48 hours. And he only played nine snaps. He had two touchdowns. Uh, he brought a big spark to that team. And so, again, I think we look at records, and it's automatic. This is the NFL, any given Sunday. And it's happened four times last week, and it happened four times again with we got a game tonight where a team was either uh, – Either what was it? Uh, a team with a that entered the week with a 500 or below winning percentage, yes. and beat a team that began the week in first place or tied for first. And we talked about it on our Friday show on Cardinals Cover Two, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, saying, "Don't be that team. Don't join this exclusive club. It's not a club you want to be a part of." Last week, Giants, Broncos, Chiefs, Jaguars all won against first-place opponents. This week, Panthers, Dolphins, Vikings, Washington. It happens, and I I don't know, and it doesn't make me feel any better because now the Cardinals are joining these teams. We saw the Packers lose earlier this year. The Buccaneers have lost. The Saints have lost. The Bills have lost. The Titans have lost. It doesn't make me feel any better that the Cardinals can say, hey, look, it happens. That's fine. That's them. That's not the Cardinals. And, look, it's it's only bad – depending on what happens next week. Because as a lot of people discussed on Sunday post game, you flush it. It's look, it's an anomaly. 
And you want a definition of what that is? Something that deviates from what is standard, normal, or expected. So if Sunday is an anomaly, which I do believe, and I don't think I'm alone in that, then we will see a much better performance next week at Seattle before they go into the bye week. Because you don't want to all of a sudden have the narrative that is still out there and will continue to be out there until it's not the narrative, and that is good first-half team, poor second-half team, especially under Cliff Kingsbury. I understand. But we sit here today, Craig, 8-2. and two. And, and I know we can say, let's go back to the beginning of the season. We all would have signed up for this. It's just how it happened yesterday. And I don't want to use injuries as an excuse, though, because last week Colt McCoy, um, you know, there's a reason why he's a backup. And I, you can't start the game like that by get, taking the, the strip sack. And then all of a sudden they got great field position and they're playing catch-up the whole day. And then the fact that they're able to run their foot the football behind McCaffrey, we talked about that, trying to make him one-dimensional. And I read on Pro Football Focus today that P.J. Walker was getting rid of the ball 2.1 seconds. So after the game, why isn't Chandler Jones getting to the quarterback? Well, teams are figuring out we can't hold on to the ball here. And he didn't throw the ball down the field. His longest pass maybe was 15, 18 yards. It's they, were, they were getting gas in the run game. It comes back to what Vance Joseph, you want to look at what the Panthers did offensively, and that is 341 total yards, 166 yards on the ground, the second worst total allowed by the Cardinals defense this season, making a team one-dimensional. And what the Panthers did on Sunday is what the Cardinals have been doing to teams all season long jumping on them early, taking advantage of a mistake, and then all of a sudden forcing a team to play catch-up and throw the football. Cardinals spotted the Panthers 10 points early in this contest because of turnovers. You can't turn the ball over. It was dead even as far as the final turnover margin was concerned, but you're playing uphill, and the Cardinals with outs your starting quarterback without your number one wide receiver, without your number one running back, without your starting left guard. It is hard to play catch up when you're missing all of those pieces. The week prior against San Francisco, you jumped on the 49ers, and with those same pieces missing offensively, you were still able to get the job done. So that's my struggle here is because offensively and defensively, as bad as it looked, yes, you're still 8-2. and two. You lead the division. You're the second seed of the NFC. Everything still is great, yet what was the difference between last week at San Francisco and Sunday against the Panthers? Nothing. The team was the same. You're missing the same players, yet it was a night and day difference, one on the road, Sunday at home, which is unexcusable. You cannot come out like that at home, and that's where I'm most upset. You're in front of your home fans at State Farm Stadium, and you laid an egg, a giant egg. It was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. I mean, you know, the crowd, they were leaving, you know, third quarter. Um yeah, it's 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 mind-boggling how this team has become road warriors, and we, we go back to week two where you know if the Vikings make the kick uh, again. It's it's kind of evens itself out throughout the course of the year. But you know, again, he didn't throw the ball down the field for. Uh, he, now he did complete seventy-five percent of his passes, PJ Walker, and then you know you, you look at the quick passing game. Cardinals they allowed uh, the Panthers allowed zero sacks and only four pressures. So. 
Yeah, I mean, after the game, you know, when you look at it, it's really Vance Joseph against Joe Brady. I know it's the players. I would say Brady had the upper hand where Vance is, you know, the Cardinals are not 8-2 and two without their defense. And then you got to go Phil Snow and, and kill, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, and I give them the advantage. I, I don't know. I I know the Niners' front seven and their front four, maybe it's names, but I, I, I just watch this Carolina team, and I, I think their defense is a little bit a little bit better. And I, and I they they feed off of – putting pressure on the quarterback, stopping the run, and then making you make mistakes. But you can't be down 23 nothing at half at home. I, I totally agree with that. And so um, they just got to get through this next game And because I know that they feel that once they get through the bye week, they feel comfortable they'll have everyone back for the Rams game. Everyone back. I mean, that, that means Pew. Now, right now they only have a couple guys that are out for the entire season, Max Williams and, and J.J. Watt, um, technically on paper. But I, I was told that they feel when they get to the Rams game, and, and, and again, you know, we'll see what the Rams do over the, the, this week, but when they get to the Rams game, they, everyone should be back. Hop. Now, that doesn't mean these guys aren't going to play this week, but, you know, when it comes to some of these other lingering injuries, you know, Justin Pugh, how long is he out? Max Garcia. Um, but I was told that they feel when they get to the Rams game, everyone will be back. Now we'll just have to wait and see who plays this week. Now, there is another game before that Rams contest yes. that's at Chicago, so that might be still a questionable game for a handful of players. So Correct. You're looking at December 13th, Monday Night Football against the Rams, which everyone is looking forward to. It could very well determine first place in the division and whether you host a first round playoff game or you're on the road unless of course the Cardinals are able to come away with the number one seed but that is still weeks away and my struggle here on this Monday as we talk on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai Proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals is if what we saw on Sunday had happened a week earlier when your unknown is a backup quarterback and missing your top two wide receivers and Chase Edmonds goes down on the first offensive series, that was kind of be to be expected when you're missing all of that. Yet, as we see in this league, things change quickly, week to week, and the narrative changes and the expectations change. And because the offense performed as well as it did on the road at San Francisco, the feeling was, okay, well, you should be able to do it again at home against a Panthers team that has been struggling, yet we all get caught up in that, but that's not the case. You have to, and I, I, I remind myself, and I don't do a good job at it, Bergang, I'll be open and honest with you, but that 1-0 mentality that Buda Baker preaches, it's hard, it's very difficult because you get caught up in the moment. You're coming off that San Francisco game. You're feeling great. You've got one loss. You're the only one-loss team. You're going, all right, Panthers at home. You know what, Kyler, just sit this one out. We don't need you. And then, okay, maybe. Huh. Well, we were all wrong because this offense is not sustainable if you don't have Kyler Murray and company. For one week, maybe, but not week in and week out. And, um, Again, Colt McCoy did get all the reps, but last week uh, the, the game plan was a little bit different, Craig. Um, they were they were trying to bring pressure, and then the Cardinals were kind of baiting them. The screen game was working. You know, um, yes, uh, I don't I don't know what's happening with Rondell Moore as he hit the rookie wall. Um, you know, you look at Marco Wilson; um, he's getting targeted a lot. Um, he's got a, he's got a turnaround for the ball. 
and then you look at AJ Green, um, and I, and again he's coming off COVID, so I'm always care, uh, leery, and, and I want to get the guys the benefit for the doubt. But they were not in sync yesterday from the get go, from the jump, okay, and it showed on the scoreboard. Um, but hey, um, I don't know if it was McGinnis or Arian said you can go from the penthouse to the outhouse, and you know the word I'm going to use: penthouse to the outhouse. Look at Tom Brady; he's lost to Trevor Simeon. And Taylor Heineke. Tom Brady. I mean, they got three losses already. I, I know that's a different situation. And I heard Arians after the game, and he blamed Brady. And Brady talked for one minute. The thing is, they're missing Gronkowski. They're missing Antonio Brown. Their secondary has been in shambles the entire season. He, But Bruce said, we got to play better first, and then we got to cut down the penalties. And he said, you know, it starts with coaching during the week. Now, Kingsbury said they he thought they had a good week of practice. And we hear this all the time. And usually there's carryover. I did not see this team laying an egg like they did. One thing is to lose on a field goal. Okay, that's that you went toe-to-toe for four quarters. To me, I thought this team was wired differently. But it's the NFL, any given Sunday. It's not always the team with the most talent. It's the team that plays the best that day, and we get fixated on. Well, they're low. They're not a 500 team. They're not. You know, they're, they're climbing. Again, we'll see. They got to play Washington this week. They got a very favorable schedule, but they got to play the Bucks twice when I'm referring to Carolina. So, you can go from the penthouse to the outhouse real quick in this league, and it takes one week. One week, not two weeks, and we talk about avoiding losing streaks, and that you're right. The next game is going to be important to see how this team responds after being embarrassed at home on Sunday. Well, they responded very well the last time they lost at State Farm Stadium. They responded that loss on Thursday night. The Green Bay Packers, they went on the road, beat San Francisco. Now the Cardinals are in the exact same position, lose at home, on the road against a division opponent, which we'll get into more as the week progresses here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. You mentioned something about the offense that I wanted to get into as far as the game plan, and I know a week ago that screen game was working very, very well. Also what was working was the run game, and the Cardinals on Sunday came out, and Colt McCoy, three straight dropbacks. Hindsight, twenty twenty. Was that a mistake considering going into the game, Panthers defensively 19th against the run, number two against the pass? I understand that that is the philosophy of head coach Cliff Kingsbury. You're going to spread them out. You're going to throw the football around. But I do think, again, hindsight, that why not rely on James Conner a little bit more early in the game, especially at home? Couldn't agree more. Uh, You know, because, you know, we don't know when Chase is coming back, hopefully sooner rather than later. But, you know, you're not asking Connor to be the bell cow for six weeks. You're asking him to do it for a couple of weeks, and he's up for the task. And then you got Eno Benjamin as your change of pace back. And, you know, um, Feaster was more a special teams guy. But time of possession, an issue, 37 to 42, 37 to 22, and then total total offensive plays, 70 to 53. I mean, they're on the field, uh, time of possession, and, and against what you do with the ball and give them credit. And, you know, Zane Gonzalez, obviously he struggled here last year, but he had more points than the Cardinals did last night. He outscored the Cardinals 14-10, to 10, and to make matters worse, he was a perfect 4-4 four of four on field goals, including three in the range of 40-49, to 49, which is that range that he struggled with here 
when he was wearing a Cardinals uniform and the amount of the, the, the reaction when Zane Gonzalez came out for that first time, how loud the fans got on someone who played here with the Arizona Cardinals. And it was you – know, I, I get it. I mean, but wow, I was – I heard the same thing. Ooh, people, not you're not holding a grudge, but to put it this way, Bird Gang, you don't forget. And, you know, to a certain extent, I applaud you for that. But, wow, that was yeah. – I was not expecting that kind of a reaction. Well, I'm sure he had a nice ride home. Well, he had the last lap, as did his son Reddick. Yes. And yes. congratulations to Reddick with a sack and a half. And he really – we go back to what I said as far as – how the Cardinals have reacted or been playing this season as far as hitting teams early, setting the tone with a defensive play or an offensive play. And Sunday the Panthers did it with Hassan Reddick with that strip sack. Right off the get-go. First play, right? Correct. Yeah. I well, mean, it was on the third down. Right, but first on first possession, yeah. Now, we had a caller. It was a little late in the postgame show. And I know that Cliff likes to go fourth on fourth down. Again, you don't have – you know, you got to make shift offensive line, so to speak. Josh Jones and Harlow, right? Did you think he should have punted there? No. Fourth and one at your own 42, your second possession of the ball game. I understand QB sneak. It had worked well against the 49ers. It did not work well on Sunday. And Kingsbury was asked about it and mentioned that, hey, this is what we do. And he's absolutely correct. Correct. They go for it on fourth and short, especially on their side of the field, if you're at the 40 or better, and they were at the 42. So I get it. It didn't work, so it looks bad because, once again, you're giving your opponent a short field for the second straight drive. And the next thing you know, it's 14 nothing. You had the direct snap to McCaffrey. You didn't get in, and then all of a sudden, you know, Cam Newton threw the ball to Robbie Anderson. So it's 14 nothing. I, I understand that. I don't think that had any effect on the game. Personally, I just thought the way that they came out and the Cardinals, um, you know, the fumble on the third and five, and they scored real quick. I'm just thinking, okay, let's slow this game down. Um, but if it, you know, maybe if it was when it was 17 nothing, and you're trying to steal a possession, but he's right. This is how they, this is how they do it. And you know, you know maybe eight out of ten times you're going to get that uh, that play. Um, but that did not affect the game. I was just thinking. Let's try to slow them down. But it was after only one possession. They're only up 7 nothing. Cardinals had been 8 of 9 on fourth down going into Sunday. They were 0 of 3 against the Panthers. But if that's who you are as an offense, which goes back to how they began the game, spreading it out and throwing the football around as opposed to running the football, that's what the Cardinals do. And you – you, you like it when it works, and then you're upset when it doesn't. And I get that. But you have to understand that this team is 8-2 and two because of the aggressiveness and because they throw the football, and we've been talking about it. They get out to a big lead. They use the pass to get that 1-2 score lead, and then they use the run to milk the clock and run out the clock and get that win and get off the football field. The other concerning thing about Sunday is you look at this 10 games now overall and some particular trends that aren't looking well for the Cardinals. One on offense and that is just how not so well this team is playing at home as compared to on the road. Cardinals are scoring just under 23 points at home. They're averaging almost 35 points on the road. They've been shut out twice in the first quarter of this season, both 
at home. That, to me, is concerning when you're not able to score either on your first possession or in the first quarter, why this team comes out flat offensively, not being able to put points on the board, whether it's a touchdown or a field goal, when you're at home, when you have the crowd behind you. That should mean something to you as a professional athlete, and for whatever reason, Kelvin Beecham brought it up post-game. They had to figure out a way to have better starts at home. Yeah, it's one thing to be on the road, be road warriors, and silence crowds, but when the crowd's behind you, there's no reason not to have a positive first step, and that did not happen on Sunday, and it hasn't happened for a while this season. And it, it was a pro-Cardinal crowd. I mean, you may have had a handful of Panthers fans, but it wasn't like the Minnesota game. It wasn't like the Packers game. It was a pro-Cardinals crowd. And they're they're ready to, they are ready to, to root from the get-go. But all of a sudden, when you're down 23 nothing, and, you know, I thought Isaiah Simmons struggled yesterday. Just he was always a step late on Christian McCaffrey, and look, you know, and McCaffrey's one of the better players in the league. Obviously, you know, he's, if he, when he's healthy, he's he's a beast. He's he's a guy that can carry the rock. Um, and then you know, I thought Zach Allen. He had four stops, two tackle for loss. Um, you know, look at Jordan Hicks. He was targeted five times, gave up four catches for a total of fourteen yards. Okay, and then you look at. Um, Marco Wilson allowed three catches in coverage to go for first downs, but only give up 28 yards total. So it's like these numbers aren't overwhelming, but they got to get more production from the receivers when DeAndre Hopkins isn't out there. The only guy that's really sh- flashed consistently has been Christian Kirk and Zach Ertz when he's throwing the ball. Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, Rondell Moore, I mean, you look at his snap count, you look at A.J. Green, and, and I didn't like – Yesterday, they were, they, you know, normally this team runs back to the huddle. I saw guys walking back to the huddle. Antoine Wesley, um, he's walking back there. And I know sometimes you, if they're up-tempo, you, you don't have to huddle up. But I just didn't like the, the whole, you know, the, where was the energy yesterday? To me, energy and passion, that comes from the heart. That's the want to. And you're, you're getting drilled at home, and it's like, Make a play, you know, and he, you know, I, I like when Jalen Thompson had that interception. It was like we we needed more of that, though. I don't know. It's just again, it's a long season, but I, I to me, Craig, the biggest Achilles heel for me right now. If this team's going to make a run, that rush defense. I know you said there's two things that concerned you. And that was number two. So let's talk about the rush defense here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Once again, big picture, not just focusing on what happened on Sunday. Ten games in, there is still a lot to like, more to like than what's not working. But when you are left with what we have to digest from Sunday – That's what we have to talk about. That's what we have to focus on. You have to then pull it back and say, all right, how do we avoid this happening? But the run defense, which Vance Joseph called fine when he addressed the media on Thursday, and I think it's a correct adjective to use because this rush defense has not been great all season long. They've had their moments, but consistently it has not been very good. 19th as far as rushing yards allowed per game, 117. 31st as far as rushing yards per play, 4.8. So nearly five yards every time someone gets handed the ball 
and runs against the Cardinals' defense. Okay. Two of their losses. Packers in this game. Time of possession, plays, and they had a one-two punch with uh, with Dylan and Aaron Jones. Again, when you get to December and January football, I know people say you got to have a defense to travel. Um, you know, I don't know. You know, depending on the the matchup, are they going to play in Green Bay? Obviously, you want to travel. The weather changes, so teams get a little more conservative. But this this rush defense, I mean, it's got to get better. And there's times where it's it's one or two possessions during the game, and then they'll force a turnover, so it, it kind of gets overlooked. But according to Pro Football Focus, the Cardinals' defensive line showed up against the run. 15 defensive stops combined with six tackle for losses and no gain. It was more the the Christian McCaffrey in the passing game. But And, and again, Zach Allen had four stops. Um, you know, Derek Kennard's playing well. but Devon Kennard. Devon Kennard, sorry. <laughs> Bless his father. Um, but the thing is, he's not getting a lot of playing time. And, and, and you start looking at these snap count, and again, they know what they're doing. Garlic played 10 snaps. Kennard played 18 snaps. Collins, 23. We had a caller asking why Collins wasn't playing and Tanner Vallejo was playing. Well, Vallejo played 26 and Collins played 23. So Most of Collins' snaps, though, were in the second half when the game was already decided yeah. and they started pulling guys. But yeah. And Marcus Golden, 33 snaps, 44%. I, I know they get the rotation out there. And then you look at Jordan Hicks and Simmons. Um, and Murphy and Baker, they're playing over 70 snaps. Chandler Jones, 50 snaps. I, 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 Mark, Marco Wilson, 65 snaps, 87%. It's just interesting when you start looking at these numbers. Like, And let's go offensive. Rondo Moore, only 18 snaps. Eno Benjamin, um, because they were trailing, 15 snaps. A.J. Green, 38 snaps. Antoine Wesley had more snaps than A.J. Green. One time out, out there, and it could have been – um, just on personnel, I noticed Dorich, Wesley, and who was the other guy? Um, Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk. I was like, wow, where's Rondell Moore? Where's A.J. Green? And, again, it could be based on matchups. So, without Hop out there, and we saw, we saw it in that one game where they weren't getting a lot of separation. And, and Craig, the reason why I'm not going to go bonkers today is because Kyler Murray was playing like an MVP. And they miss him, so I'm. I'll give the I'll give the Panthers all the credit in the world. I know you're. T- we talk about well, what happened last week compared to this week. Well, uh, clearly the Panthers had a better game plan. All right, so you're missing so many pieces on offense, but you're not missing pieces defensively, which comes back to why this team can't stop the run, and specifically what Christian McCaffrey was able to do, whether it was running between the tackles. There were some wide open lanes. And then in the passing game, he had 161 total yards from scrimmage. Cardinals as a team had 169. He, according to Pro Football Focus, he had 13 carries on in 10 targets. He finished with 95 yards on his 13 carries, 48 coming after contact. Uh, the running back star forced five missed tackles, ripped off seven explosive runs of 10 yards or more. He caught all 10 of his targets for 66 yards, 42 coming after catch. Okay, here's the reason why. When you have Kyler Murray, Chase Edmonds, Justin Pugh, and DeAndre Hopkins, they're scoring points. They're getting bogged down. In in the Niners game, we talk about the the turnover value. You win the turnover, okay, you get you get an advantage. Was it? It was a wash yesterday, right? Correct. Okay, so 
they're not playing complimentary football. They're getting that one possession was less than a minute, right? Yeah, late in the uh, second half, there was just it, it was actually who you knows in the uh, first, late in the first half. Yeah, they went three and out, and it was yeah, give the ball back within under sixty seconds. Yeah, that can't happen when when you're playing with a backup quarterback. So complimentary football was not there yet. Give the Panthers that was complimentary football. They fed off the special teams, the the, the kicking, the running. So. It, Again, when you have Kyler Murray in this offense rolling, the defense, now when you get a lead, the defense all of a sudden start teeing off. The recipe is run the football and keep that Cardinals offense on the sidelines. The best rush defense for the Arizona Cardinals is Kyler Murray and the offense. That's what has happened this season. And when it doesn't happen, when the offense isn't scoring points or the defense isn't forcing takeaways, then you're able to run the football and the Cardinals have not been able to stop anyone on the run. Again, they've had their moments, Derrick Henry week one. But then after that, Dalvin Cook, James Robinson, Daryl Henderson, Kareem Hunt, A.J. Dillon, now Christian McCaffrey, they all had more success than you would like, I would think, if you're a player or coach watching that film. McCaffrey averaged better than seven yards a touch on the ground. Something's got to give because you do need to have a solid run defense. It doesn't need to be excellent. The rest of the defense has been outstanding, but you have to be able to stop the run and get teams off a third down. Panthers on Sunday, 7 of 15 on third down. Again, time of possession, total plays. Okay, some of those games you mentioned, how many points did the Cardinals score? 30? If you look at what take, happened. Take away the Minnesota game. What, when you start talking about Henderson and, and all these other backs, they, they were scoring points where, yes, we would talk about they would give up one big drive every game where they'd get gashed and, you know, in, in the Rams game there was a garbage time in that fourth quarter. But normally they were scoring points. They're not scoring points. All right. If you want to take away the Vikings game, Cardinals have allowed 500 – excuse me, 500. They have – seems like 500 <laughs> – They've allowed 150 or more yards rushing five times this season, including against the Vikings. In those five games, the Cardinals have won three, lost two. They allowed over 150 rushing yards to the Jaguars. Cardinals offense scored 31 points. They allowed over 150 yards rushing to the 49ers. Cardinals won that game 17-10. to 10. 151 to the Packers. Cardinals loss and 166 to the Panthers. Cardinals loss. So the offense has, as you said, overshadowed what has been going on with the run defense. We've mentioned it a handful of times here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. But it's one of those things, hey, we're nitpicking. You know, you just scored 30 points. You're over 400 yards of offense. Yet here's this little thing that, you know, you might want to work on and correct because you don't want it to grow. You, 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 need to, you need to figure out what's going on here. Otherwise, it's going to fester, and all of a sudden it's going to overtake you. And that's what's happened in two of the last three games for the Cardinals' defense, Packers, and now Panthers. Yeah, and I listened to Buda Baker last night after the game, and he said, you got to do your job. Uh, stay in your lane, do your job. So are guys freelancing? And, you know, the post-game show is always interesting. And, you know, when they lose, uh, you know, they want to fire this guy. Nobody ever brought up Hassan Reddick when he, when he signed with the Panthers. We had calls last night that they made a mistake signing J.J. Watt 
And that first of all, they play two different positions. Um, you know, good for Reddick. I'm I'm happy for him. You know, obviously I wasn't rooting for him yesterday. I, it's hard for me to root for a guy that's playing against the Cardinals at this point. But I'm I'm happy for his career. But all of a sudden, the, Car- the Cardinals shouldn't have signed J.J. Watt. They miss J.J. Watt. I don't know what to do as far as or what the the plan of attack is to kind of correct what's going on with the run defense because again, you have everyone. There was no one that was inactive on the 53-man roster defensively that you were missing as far as in the front seven that could have helped stop Christian McCaffrey. Rashard Lawrence. I know. Okay. He, but he's. I mean, he's he's on injured reserve. Right. But okay. there was no one that was dealing with an injury going right. into that contest gotcha. that said, all right, you know, it, he's less than a hundred percent. I, I'm just saying he was the starter in week one. Now, I, I Corey Peters to me is a big body. I don't know if they're trying to run up the middle. It looks like they were trying to run a little bit of zone read up to the outside. That's where McCaffrey's obviously effective in the open field. But, yeah, I, I mean, Rashard Lawrence, again, he's just he's a rotation guy. But it's bodies. You need bodies in there that, that you can rotate. And, you know, um, you know, Lucky's getting some time. You know, you look at Michael Dogby, Peters. I mean, I, I really like the way Zach Allen played. I, I mean, he he showed some energy and passion. I thought Connor did too. Um, but, again, if we're only talking about a couple guys, that's the reason why they lost. Vance Joseph nearly – maybe not nearly, but kind of foreshadowed a little bit of what we saw on Sunday because when he was asked last Thursday about Christian McCaffrey, he brought up Dalvin Cook. Running backs that aren't big, physical, stocky guys but have that speed element. And Dalvin Cook is the one running back that has really gashed – this Cardinals defense they've only allowed one running back and it was Cook to get over 100 rushing yards and he had 131 now McCaffrey should have if he if they really wanted to he didn't play a lot in the second half he was dealing with a hamstring and he really wasn't needed the game was over by halftime but the speed backs seem to give this defense more trouble than the downhill between the tackles I'm going to punch you in the mouth and literally run at you it's the elusive backs that have the lateral quickness that seem to give the Cardinals more trouble and two guys come to mind Aaron Jones in the passing game he had like six catches in that Cardinals game. He had seven catches seven. for 51 yards. Yeah, okay. And then yesterday he went to McCaffrey. I mean, it, it, those guys, they're dual threats. I mean, like you said, you know, Derrick Henry's not going to catch a lot of passes out of the backfield. He's a downhill runner. Um, you look at um, James uh, Henderson, Robinson, excuse James me. James Robinson. Robin, he's, he's not really catching a lot of passes. Delvin Cook will catch passes. So you, you, that's what the NFL is. It's really come down to – running backs and tight ends against linebackers and safeties, and they feel like that's a mismatch, and that's where where I think Chase Edmonds comes in sometimes for the Cardinals because he, like, Edmonds was, what, thir- second or third in, in, in receptions, and now, you know, again, Connor can catch the ball, but Chase is a weapon when he's on the field. They can go uh, four per uh, – four wide with Chase Edmonds and all of a sudden they're using the entire field and you're seeing yards after catch and, and getting to the second layer. Um, they, they definitely miss Chase Edmonds. Again, James Conner, I love him in short yardage. Um, I think he could be the bell cow for a week or two, but you have to have that one-two punch and they complement each other so well. 
no definitive updates as far as Kyler Murray, Chase Edmonds, DeAndre Hopkins, Justin Pugh. Those are four huge pieces to the offensive puzzle that the Cardinals have been missing now for nearly two full games. Edmonds played one snap, one offensive snap last week, and Justin Pugh was in for two series before he got hurt against the 49ers. So those four pieces, you get those back. Is the offense rolling again? Hopefully, but to me, it's defensively and making sure you shore up what is not working in the event the offense isn't able to score 30-plus points. And you look at the rest of the schedule, you do have Daryl Henderson one more time. He did have 89 rushing yards in the first meeting against the Cardinals. Jonathan Taylor is coming up on Christmas Day, but there are no huge names we'll see what Ezekiel Elliott is able to do on January 2nd but as far as the top running backs I think the Cardinals have faced all of them and it was early in the season Jonathan Taylor reminds me of AJ Dillon I mean you just you can't well, that's bring the a, guy. that's that's a problem then <laughs> well they got two though I mean they got two back I know it's just they're their lower torso you can't arm tackle these guys and if they get through the you know the first uh, you know line of scrimmage Man, it's tough to tackle those guys, but we'll worry about that down the road. Okay, eight and two, Craig. Eight and two. You're gonna bring it back down to earth and make sure that the sky is not falling. By the way, did you, <laughs> Bird Gang? If you haven't seen it, go to azcardinals.com. And props to the players that did address the media post game. It's not easy, win or lose, especially after a loss like that. But Calvin Beecham walked into the press room, and before a question was even asked, he's got a smile on his face, puts his arms up, and goes, look, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, look, sky's not falling, we're going to be okay. So this is Mike Jarecki right now here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, telling everyone that, look, the sky's not falling, everything's going to be okay. Again, you got to clean some stuff up. You cannot put that film out uh, out there, which would happen on Sunday. But I'm just saying, it's the NFL, and – don't look at the records any given Sunday. I mean, like I said, the Bucks, Tom Brady and the Bucks, Todd Bowles' defense gave up a 19-yard play drive, almost 11, 10 minutes. They lost to Trevor Simeon and Taylor Heineke. I mean, it's the NFL. Yeah, nobody knew about P.J. Walker. But, yeah, I'm just saying they're 8-2. Yes, it's, it's, it's not perfect. But get some of these starters back on offense, and they'll complement the defense where they're not on the field for half the game and, and, and the total yards and total plays. I mean, and really, we know this team, just like any other team in football, you, 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 the San Francisco game was a prime example. Get to, get out with the lead, and that's where Vance Joseph can start dialing stuff up. You can't be trailing 23 nothing at halftime. So, uh, like I said, no excuses. Every team deals with it, but I'm telling you, Kyler Murray is playing like an MVP. Hop is the number one wide receiver on this roster. He opens things up. Chase Edmonds is a good complimentary back with James Conner. They miss those guys in Justin Pugh. Everyone's dealing with injuries, but we're talking about key positions on offense, and that's why we didn't see the production we've seen all year yesterday. But we did see it the week prior, but as we mentioned, it's something that you can't sustain you can't have that many pieces missing and expect the offense to continue rolling. Now, we all got caught up in it Yeah. as far as what Colt McCoy and James Conner and everyone else was doing. We came in here on Monday and said, wow, that was impressive, and just plug and play, you know, next man up. It, it, but the it, thing it's is, great, but it's not always the it's not always accurate. Well, it's not sustainable. Now, Colt McCoy is on film for a week now. True. 
I mean, a little bit different. And the game plan was different. And, again, they need more from besides Christian Kirk. If You know, if you're behind the sticks and, you know, they're going to tee off. But, like you said, they came out and threw the ball three consecutive times. You would like to see, and regardless of what happened in that first possession, I got to think, you know, based on the script, um, that's what the plan was. But kind of slow the game down a little bit. But I'm not yelling fire in a theater. I believe in this team. Um you know, it's what the, what they do from this point out, but they got to get their horses back, and I think things will settle down. And I know that everyone's going to say, well, every team has injuries. You tell me a team that's missing their starting quarterback, their one of their top running backs, and one of their top wide receivers. Let me know. Because if you take Tom Brady off the box, how good are they? You take Aaron Rodgers off. You take Patrick Mahomes off. And, again, these are not excuses. It's facts. Kyler Murray was playing like an MVP, and once – there's a reason why Colt McCoy's a backup quarterback. That's it. That's how it works. He can do it for one week. Couple but to weeks. Ask him to do it, and we'll see what happens again this week. And maybe, hey, maybe the flip, the script gets flipped. And one week from today, we're talking about wow, Colt McCoy is two and one as a starter. This team has got nine wins heading into the bye, and everything is right. Let's hope that is the discussion. But we can only discuss and react and feel based off what is the most recent performance of this team, and it was not good. No. That, that's that, that's where I'm at right now here on Monday. No, and I loved your pass on the, on the post-game show because you're right. Um, it was a home game. Um, they know what was at stake. Uh, they know got a, they got a division game coming up. I don't think they overlooked the Carolina Panthers based on what happened last year. I don't believe that. Is give I tell you, that Cam Newton signing brought a whole lot of energy to that sidelines, and he only played nine snaps, and he had two touchdowns. All losses are not created equal. Every loss is unacceptable, but losing at home to Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers when you didn't play well but still have an opportunity to win, that's a little bit easier to digest. Sunday, more difficult and heartburn whatever else you want to talk about but that was just does not sit well and it shouldn't sit well with anybody yeah and and I know better I know better to say there's a game this every year you don't see it coming and it's it's, it's, you know it's just like it's a dud and and I couldn't have predicted this I just thought this team was wired differently than previous years and that's what that's what surprised me one thing is to lose by a field goal towards the end it wasn't even close, and and, and I'm, I was disappointed just from a standpoint of you're at home, you know, as a pro Cardinal crowd, people were jacked up. You're you're the only team in the league that had only one loss, you know. Build off of this. Now the key is avoid losing streaks, get back in the winner circle. But I understand. But it's a long season. We talked about this all along, and. If Kyler Murray would have played and he got, if he had a setback and now he's out for four weeks, then you know what? We're going to start waving the flag. That's not the case. They want him to get healthy so they can make a run here in the final part of the season. All right. Before we close up shop here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, things are not that bleak. They were on Sunday, but overall, 10 games in, Cardinals still lead the NFC West. Cardinals are 8 and 2, the Rams at 7 and 2, 49ers 3 and 5, Seahawks 3 and 6. Now, Cardinals will be watching Monday Night Football and rooting for the 49ers to beat the Rams later on here on Monday and then you look at the conference overall. Yes, the Cardinals once again trail the Packers. They are the one seed talking about Green Bay, then the Cardinals, 
Cowboys, Buccaneers, Rams, Saints, Panthers. That rounds out your seven playoff teams with the Packers, Cardinals, Cowboys, and Buccaneers leading their respective divisions. And right now, it looks really bad as far as the NFC West because you don't win that division. You drop to a five seed and have to go on the road as opposed to winning the division and hosting a playoff game. Those things are still tight in the NFC, and the one seed is still very much attainable. As much as we'll root for the 49ers here on Monday Night Football, next Sunday we're rooting for the Rams. They play the Packers. You know what? I'm going to root for the Packers next Sunday because winning the division supersedes anything else. That's every team's goal going into the season. You win your division, you host a playoff game. And, and Craig, when you start getting at those five and six and seven seeds, normally like they're playing good football down the stretch. The Cardinals, um, they built up enough equity to where there's winnable games on the schedule still. One game at a time, one, you know, but again, clean some things up. But I'm not ready to sit here and say, oh, man, the, 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 this is going to be Cliff Kingsbury in the second half of the season like the first two years. I don't believe that. Well, the next opportunity for this Cardinals team after a week of practice at Seattle on November 21st, the first meeting of the season against Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. And we'll dive into that matchup beginning on Wednesday. On that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.